We bout to form a little group and you ain't need no, let's get it Stuck in a rock in a hard place, Eminem parking with God stay Timberlands pop that jawbone, now bitch nigga tell me how the tar tastes And even Tarzan can get swung gone, I never hung out with the loud mouth You got a foul mouth and Sorry I'm late, I just don't give a fuck And with that, we're fucking live the hottest podcast ever recorded. Literally, is the hottest one. I just moved and we have no AC in this bitch. I took. I'm only Chris Allen, by the way. It's um, your man, I'm Gainer, 22, aka King Lear, Money Mitch. Live and direct. This is episode four, five. Sorry, I miscounted. Yeah. Episode five. I'm marking a, a month of recording with my best friend from the internet. Uh, <laughs> He and Lion don't tell his dick in here, uh, it is. so I apologize for the fan going on in the background. Uh, we're just getting set up in a new location. Uh, I feel like if, this, if we were Wu-Tang, this is how they would record their podcast. Like, hot ass. Yeah, but like with a lot more guns and drugs. Yeah, right? exactly. With tons of more weed. And probably a chessboard. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in gold fronts. I would be... That ain't cool anymore. Can you get gold fronts now? I feel like... This is a problem. Like, I always wanted gold fronts, but now that I'm, like, too old to have gold fronts. That's so, how like, I feel about getting tattoos. No, no, so, no. Oh, I feel like tattoos are, like... Can we start here just for one quick second? Because I heard this discussion the other day, and I want to drip in. You have, ta- you have tattoos, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you got chest piece. All right. So, at what age can you get your first tattoo? Like, what's the cap? Because you can get as many as you want once you have one. Like, there's no cap. I don't, like, express yourself all you want to. But I feel like getting your first tattoo past like. 29? Like, you can't get your first tattoo like 30. No, I feel like, and to be honest, I got my first tattoo when I was 18, and I wish I would wait till I was like 27 to get my first tattoo. Because you get something, and you're like, yeah, you're just excited to have a tattoo. But, and this is what I think about a lot of things that you should just, if you just wait until you're like, you're like 20, at least 25, 26, then you can, like, you have the mental capacity to be like, oh, like, I know what I'm getting. Like, I have a vision for it. And then I can, like, put something. Because if I would have waited, I would just got, like, just one big piece. It would have been a mural. It would have been fucking dope. But then, like, when I was Would 18, you be happier with that than all the stories you have of the tattoos, like, from that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah? Yeah, I mean. Because I, th- I feel like that's part of the deal, right? Like, you get a tattoo at 18, and then you look back at 33, and, like, oh, that was kind of a stupid tattoo. But, like. I remember how amped I was that day. Like, I went with this person, got that tattoo. Like, my mans did it at, like, my 18th birthday. But, like, whatever the story, like, isn't that kind of, Like, I feel like it's way worse if you get a tattoo at, like, 31, looking back at, like, 50, being like, damn, like, I was young and stupid at 31 while I was, like, buying property and trying to have a baby. You know what I mean? Like, no. that seems mad. Like, that's... I wouldn't want to look back at myself. Like, oh. 18, I can write off. 25, I can write off. Yeah. 30... But it, That's getting weird. Here's the thing. Um, I feel like certain decisions... One, yeah, you're right, because, like, getting a tattoo and the stories of it and, like, going to do it and shit, that's the cool part. But, like, most of my tattoos, like, that I got when I was young, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, like, I'm going to cover them up and get, like, a whole, like, one piece. I feel like certain decisions, like... So you've covered most of yours? No, like, I'm going yeah. to, like, my arms. I'm going to redo my arms and everything, like, and I'm just get like... And I'm 30, I'm going to just get, like either a, a half sleeve or like a quarter sleeve something like that mm-hmm. and just uh and just fuck it and then co- mostly covering up like tattoos from like 18 to like 22 and shit like that so 
It's like it's like like no one don't make a life decision when you're 18. Like don't, the, the dude who got married when he was 19 is a fucking asshole. Like that guy, he married some girl because it's the first time he got laid, and he was like, "This is working out great." You don't and plan on getting married at 19, right? It, it, would, <laughs> it would have been the worst decision of your. I was listening to like uh, if no one's listening to Chris D'Elia's new stand up on uh, on Netflix. You mentioned this before. I gotta check. It's, it's pretty fucking funny. It's called Man on Fire, but like so he got married when he was like 19 and shit. So he does his whole bit about like how dumb that getting married that young is, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I know you think it's not work and everything's sweet, but it's not. It's not gonna work. I know you think you're different, but you know it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna go down in flames. And it's like to make a decision at that age, you know, even it's just like the decisions that all the decisions I made at that age is just like ridiculous and that's what I've, that's my biggest problem with like society is that we force kids like at 18 17 16 when you start applying to college some of these students are 16 and now they're applying to college like oh figure out where you're gonna go the, the debt for like the rest of your life and then figure out what you want to do it's like no these kids they're fucking 17 18 they're idiots i'm there's there's 30 year old idiots so i know most of like the kids at 18 year olds are idiots <laughs> I mean, that's that's a perfect segue because one of the, the dumb decisions I made at 19 years old uh, was moving into my first apartment. And not to say that that's a, a bad decision. That's an excellent decision. Yeah. Uh, freedom in any capacity is always, always a movement forward. I believe like having your own place, having your own means of transportation, having your own financial freedom, whether that's from your parents, whether that's from debt, whatever, is truly one of the best feelings. Mm-hmm. But why that's a terrible decision is your first apartment, you should not live with your girl. Oh no! I I say that as somebody who prides myself on you know my cleanliness and my hominess and whatever else. I'm a great cook. I love hanging a good painting. Yada yada yada. But like, bro, I was not prepared for that shit at all. And the move alone was brutal. Uh, it, like, we moved no no moving truck, nothing like station wagon. I had the, I had the bed strapped to the roof. Oh, like this shit was hoopty. <laughs> uh, and it's just one of those things like. I guess I always take inventory of it this time of year because, like, this is moving season. Uh, anyone who lives in, in the Northeast, like, the college influx, like, September 1 is moving there. That's it. Yeah. Like, if you want an apartment outside of September 1, you were either getting a great deal because it didn't sell then, mm-hmm. or you're getting, like, the last pickings depending on the year. Yeah. Uh, and so this is the first year I'm not moving. Uh, I'm staying in my own place. And, and I just moved. Yeah, you just moved. And one of the things we want to talk about was kind of like the... What the environment of your home life, like how, like what that dictates, like what that R is, what, you know what I mean? Like the only, like I love my roommates. My roommates, are my two best friends. Uh, both of them are ironically like recently out of like pretty serious relationships. So like now is actually the first time we've all like really lived together. So like I'm amped. Of course I have a girl now, uh, but like I'm amped. I'm like living with my best friends. The place is huge. You got a back deck. You got a patio. It's like a decent space, but the environment is like. I live in the fucking hood, bro. Like, we're guessing if it's gunshots or fireworks, not, like, once in a while. Like, yeah. every night. And most of the time, it's neither. It's just somebody's shitty scooter backfire. <laughs> but, like, it's, like, it's weird. And so, the impact that has on, like, my persona, and, like, in other parts of my life, like, work me, podcast me, you know, yeah. girl, you know, girl, boyfriend me, pause. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, all, like, all affected by that. I, I don't know... I enjoy that. Like, I, I, I embrace change and welcome that in any capacity, mm-hmm. but I wonder if, like, that's the change I want to be making. Yeah. I do feel like you're... And the weird thing was, like, I hate moving. Like, I hate moving. I hate the planning of it. I hate 
spending, dropping, you know, a security deposit. I hate all that shit. But one of the reasons why I just, at where I was at, so I had like a pretty cool place, but it was in like a shitty neighborhood. And I really, this sounds hippie as fuck. Yeah, my last place. Oh, yeah, his last place was dope. (laughs) But I felt like there was, I just didn't, there was like a a bad, or it felt like the energy in that place and around that neighborhood was bad. And it was like, I felt like it was affecting me. Like to be around, like I would walk out and there'd be like fucking meth heads there and shit like that. And like, no doubt, it was like they're trying to regentify that area, but they just haven't done it quick enough. And so, like, I felt like that... It felt like everything was under construction. Yeah. And, and, like, I feel like that's a weird metaphor for, like, where it, you're at in life. It is. Like, it, like being around feeling like a project. Well, I don't... <laughs> and I don't want to be... I, I, I feel like certain energy has an attraction to you. And if you're around mm-hmm. certain type of energy, like, that energy... And I feel like this is, like... I feel like this is... When we... As we move forward in the future, we're going to realize this aspect of science a lot later than... uh in in our in our future to where like we start to realize that there's energies and certain elements that we haven't been able to detect and i feel like like where you live who you surround yourself with has an energy even so like everyone knows the state statement like if you're around two broke people you're bound to be the third one yeah i i feel like like that there was an energy about it and so like i felt like that's the one when i was like thinking of looking at places i'm just like man fuck i should just stay here another year i was like no it's like there's something about this place like even if so like what i was in was like an like old mill yeah slash factory that they t- conv- converted into lofts but I even feel like the it, inside it was, it was of that. Like one of those condo buildings, like the, you with like the twenty foot ceilings, but like no real walls. Yeah, things. it just had so no soul either. You like, didn't think so? I thought it had hella soul. No, it I didn't. I don't know man. kind of soul I want to like. Yeah, the li- yeah, no, it did. Yeah. It just had something. It just had something cold about it that was like I don't know. I don't know. I just like I, I didn't it like it. It felt industrial. It felt. It, it, did. it felt like you could put everything in there and never fill it up. Yeah, and that makes it feel like it. It would make me feel empty as a person. Look, just not like no, no. It did me. That's why I left. I wouldn't hate that so much. Like living there with another person, but like living in a place I got alone. You look around and it's like okay, like I've got you know fucking five TVs, big huge couches, you know lavish bed, all these clothes, all like everything you need for a place, and it like still feels overwhelmingly empty. Yeah, because you have twenty two feet of air around. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like. It feels weird because everybody just wants more space, right? Yeah. Like, when you go apartment hunting, like, more space always is the move. Yeah. But, like, that is kind of disorienting when you spend a lot of time alone. Yeah. And so, I got two comments on that. One, yeah, it did. And, like, now my place is, like, in... Not to, like, psychoanalyze your whole living situation. No, I mean, I, it was really... It was affecting me. Like, even my outlook on life, it was just, like, a little bit, like... Like, I'm normally, like, a pretty positive person to a certain extent. I mean... Sometimes, uh, but <laughs> it was like, me, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but like, I feel like living in a place, like, I feel like this place, like, I feel like a family lived in here before. Like, yeah. the energy is different when I walk outside. Like, it's like, place in yeah, it's like, this is chill as fuck, man. But like, and if I walk outside and I walk down the block, there's gonna be people at the bar, there's gonna be people outside, like chilling, eating, and so forth. But if I it was like that, normal people are here too. That yeah. was, I was like, it was weird because I pulled up and like, uh, this sounds mad fucked up, but like, 
living where I live, and like you pull up, and there's like six families of people, like of houses all in a row outside. Yeah. yeah. There's a barbecue, there's a fight, or there's a shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a barbecue I wasn't invited to, so I'm getting mad when it looks pulling up in my yeah. loud ass car. Yeah. There's a shoot of somebody I didn't know, and yeah. therefore, like, niggas <laughs> wondering why I'm here. <laughs> or you, exactly. Or you suspect. They're like, none of that is a good thing. And I pulled up here, and there's like four or five families outside, and like, kids playing catch out in the street. Like, people yeah. are like hanging out, like, shooting shit in the studio. I'm like, yeah, like, this is kind of, like, this is a neighborhood. Like, yeah. this is where, you know what I mean? It's a, exactly. it's a much different vibe. Yeah, it is. It is. So, like, that, I feel like, and, and, the, the, and this is, goes to another point. I, I feel like the decisions, like, you make us, like, small decisions, like, um, oh, where am I going to live or so forth like that. And then, like, it affect, like I had to, like, live with that energy for, like, a year yeah. to where I feel like I wasn't maxing out my capacity because I had this, like, feeling just, like, I, either, like, when I was home, like, I didn't really want to be there and shit like that, or, like, I don't know, it's just, like, a negative vibe around that, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, I spent a year of my life dealing with that before I can, so, like, you make certain decisions, and you think, like, oh, yeah, this is a good decision, and then you had to live with that decision for a year, and that's, like, almost my fear about making decisions, that, like, okay, how long am I going to have to live with this fucking decision? Is it going to be a year? Because I'm preventing from making decisions. Because yeah. anytime I think like that, yeah, my immediate my immediate thoughts I'm not doing. I don't, I don't even care what the answer to that question is. Yeah. How long do I want to live with this decision? If the answer is 12 hours, that's 12 hours too long. Because no. something might happen in that 12 hours. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm paranoid as fuck. Like, I can't ever have that thought. We're, we're, I'm super. I analyze everything uh, in life like that. I overanalyze the fuck out. Oh, like I, I do, but I'm saying like when I do that, nothing yeah. gets done. Like yeah. if I go shopping and I like pick up a shirt and I think to myself like. Okay, like th- this shirt cost me nineteen dollars. Like, yeah. am I getting nineteen dollars worth of value? Yeah. How long am I gonna own this shirt? Is this shirt still gonna be fashionable like, mm-hmm. in that three year span of which I'm probably gonna own it? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna gain weight? And lose it? And by the time I get through all those questions, mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck this. Like, this shirt isn't worth the thought I'm putting into it and put it back. So I'll end up in a store for like five hours and not buying it. This happens all the time. Ask anyone who's ever been to a Target with me. I was at Target two days ago. I was at Target for three and a half hours to buy groceries. What? I spent sixty dollars. Oh, I was there for three hours. I'm, I'm the, if if I see something and I'm like, if I know that I'm I'll, I'll leave the mall or something like and think about it, man, I should have bought that. Then I'll just buy it because I don't want the feeling of like, oh, like fuck, I should have got that shirt yesterday. If I, especially if I think about it like a couple days later, I'm just like, this freaked me out. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going back and just buying it. Because I don't want to be thinking about, oh, like, I should have bought this shirt or I should have got that. I'm just like, oh, if it's, like, 50 bucks, I'd rather, like, spend it and then worry about it, you know. Later. So, to get back to your point about, like, the energy of your environment, I feel like when you're in a positive place, right, mm-hmm. your what-if moment, like, when you walk away from that, like, I didn't buy like, as an optimistic, like, positive person, the feeling is, and if you're in that mood and you're in that environment, you'll, you'll feel this way because I've lived in much more positive environments and mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if I didn't buy that shirt, but damn, like, there's a place I can wear that now. Like, there's somewhere I want to go. Like, matter of fact, I should probably get that for this interview. When you're in a negative spot, it's like, nah, I didn't need that anyway. Like, you know, it was going to, you know, I was probably going to spill something on it. Like, you feel negatively about it, so you never go back and make that decision. Mm-hmm. That, per, you know, obviously, like, a shirt isn't a huge decision. Yeah. But that same thinking is what prevents you from make, making major leaps. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, I could take that job in New York, but, like, do I really want to move? Do I want to leave everything I know? Like, fuck that. Like, New York's not even that cool. Like, New York's not expensive. 
yeah, I'll be making five thousand more dollars, but does that even like cover the cost of living there? Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you're just in a more positive vibe, you're like, no, like this is a great opportunity. Like I'm gonna go chase something. Like this is like a cool thing to do. Like I'm, I'm pumped for this. I'm gonna meet a bunch of new people. Uh, and I, I think where you're at enables you to get to the next place. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're in a negative environment, then like the next place you're gonna go can only be incrementally positive. We were talking about this in the last episode, about mm-hmm. uh, two episodes ago, about making incremental change, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you're starting, you know, like anything else, if your starting point is lower, your incremental upgrade is going to be lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the reasons I never wanted to look at, live in the neighborhoods and shit that I live in now. Is like two apartments ago, I was living in like a restored 1800s like mansion of a condo. Like I had three bathrooms and like you know original hardwood flooring from the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Like. I've lived in some pretty baller places. I lived on like a private beach on like an island that has less than four thousand residents. I've lived in like some pretty dope places in my life for like the age I'm at. Yeah. So now to go back to like regular living, now I'm looking at like, damn, bro, the like if I could just get a spot with like a dishwasher and a parking space, that'd be dope. Yeah. Like yo, I. I had a garage and two driveways at one yeah. of my places. Like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm parking on the street and get like street cleaning tags now. Yeah, they get out of here. See, even like that's why. Like, I mean, as far as the amenities and so forth, like I don't have. Also, oh, that's not bougie as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but the, no, but this is the thing. Like, I I sacrifice. Like, I don't have a dishwasher in here. Like, I don't have AC in here, and like and shit the like that. The struggle real, y'all. But, like, and I, and I was, like, I was cool with that because, like, the location and the environment was better and I realized how much of a priority that was to me rather than, like, amenities. Like, I'd rather just be in a cool place where I can walk outside. Where you can spend your to, time not at home. Or, or yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Or, but, like, I, I, I kind of like my... Once yeah, it's mean, finished yeah, and shit, time. like, I think I'll, I'll like it better. I'll spend more time at home. And I'll feel like, yo, like, inviting friends is over. Like, hey, come have a drink, chill at my place. We can walk to the bars and shit from here. Like, that's more important to me now than... And it's these mistakes, I feel like, quote-unquote mistakes, but um, that determine... that. It kind of like shows you what your values are. It's like my values are not like amenities. My values are being around a positive environment and being able to like to walk to like nice coffee shops and bars and shit like that and have good people around me and shit like that. But here's the one thing like, do you feel like people have like negative and positive energy like defined, like just? Certain people you meet and you're just like, yo, I can't be around him because or her because every time I'm around them, some fucked up shit or, or circles around them. They have an aura around them that just attracts negativity. So, you want the nuanced version or like the short version of that answer? Give me whatever, whatever you feel like is the answer. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I believe in that, but... Because it's hippie, it's it's, it's strange as fuck. It, and you, there's nothing you'll be able to be like, yo, this is scientific, I can prove it. But it's something that I think about. If I meet someone, I just like, it's just something doesn't feel right about this person. And and I have friends that like, I'm just like, I just can't hang with them because fucked up shit always happens when they're around. And I feel bad because like they're good people to me, but I just can't be around their their energy just. It's just fucked up, man. I, I, See, my my issue with it is like, I I concern like I see that point of view, and I do feel that way about certain people in my life. I won't name names here because they'll get very upset. But like, there are certain people in my life I've actively, not actively, I've just kind of allowed to flow by the wayside. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's just like, 
And there's a vibe there I can't, like, I can't get down with now. Like, I, I hung out with, like, some really just, like, crazy, like, party animals. I've hung out with, like, some crazy violent people. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the, the weirder stories I, I ever tell people uh, is we went out one night. We're, like, leaving this bar. One of my buddies, uh, like, literally sees this dude and just starts, like, clowning him for just wearing, like, literally, like, a plain white t-shirt like I'm wearing now. It's like, mm-hmm. the fuck is this guy in his fucking white t-shirt? Like, crazy yeah. Boston accent, right? Hey, hey, couple quiz that he really right. had. Exactly, <laughs> you know what I mean? And this kid, like, stops. No, like, I, 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 no. <laughs> That's, like, my natural oh, Boston fucking like, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm that guy, you yeah. kidding me? Uh, and so, like, I go up to this dude, and I was like, listen, like, I get my buddy's being a real asshole right now, but, like, I, I know my buddy. He's, like, this is what I mean by, like, that vibe. And I was like, I know this dude, like, this isn't what you want to do. And he's like, all right, cool. Like, I appreciate the heads up. Just, like, keeps it moving. Mm-hmm. Of course, my buddy being a wild dickhead is like, it's what I fucking thought. Walk away, you pussy. Like, whatever. So this kid, like, turns around. And my buddy, this is what I mean. This kid has done absolutely nothing. We're leaving the bar. It's 2 a.m. We got girls with us. We got booze back at the crib. We got fucking mm-hmm. illicit substances. I'm not allowed to talk about to we have a legal <laughs> department. Like, everything's going <laughs> according to plan. This is a great night out. Yeah. And he just bodies this nigga. Yeah. Just like... Bump. Yeah. And so just beat the ever living shit out of him. Ambulance had to come get him. Like, questionable whether or not that guy lived. Like, yeah. no bullshit. Like, he was in, like, unstable condition in the end. Yeah. Over nothing at all. Yeah. I can't be around that shit as a fucking grown adult. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that shit when we were 22, 23 was, like, almost entertaining. Yeah. Still pretty fucked up. But, like, yeah. okay. I get it. Like, yeah. dumb niggas be dumb. Yeah. But, like, that's fine. But, like, I I just can't get on that way. He's, like, supposedly much different now, but, like, you know, we, yeah. don't, we don't talk like we used to. Because there's, like, you can't even gamble your existence around, like, right. if you sacrifice a day around someone whose, like, energy is not connecting with yours, I feel like that is, like... And I, but here's the flip side of that, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever feel this way. I definitely think there are a lot of people who think of me like that, and mm-hmm. that's part of the reason I can't fully subscribe to that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I have a negative energy. Mm-hmm. Uh... I think I'm a negative person. Mm-hmm. Like, I think my outlook on views is a negative and pessimistic, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I tend to call it realist, but I understand a lot of people find me to be a negative person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people still spend a fair amount of time with me and, like, seek out my time. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that... I, it's interesting, because, like, a lot of people ac- across my life have told me there are lots of people who find me, like, intolerable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But those people weed themselves out very quickly. That's not like a, like, oh, like we've grown like a bond over years and now I just like can't deal with that person I gotta cut him out of my life it's like no like you're just like a real asshole and I'm like yeah I am and they're like okay and like that's the end of that friendship you know what I mean Uh, so I wonder how many people like on the low feel that way about me but like tolerate Uh me and like my negative energy and Uh that's scary to think about yeah well I don't even think I think that Okay, well, there's negative energy and there's people who just like attract bullshit and I think there is for, for Do you separate bullshit and negativity? No. I think, like... So to me, those are different things. I think there's plenty of positive Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, too, actually. So, here's my thing. I think there's an energy of, like, someone who attracts negative energy, and I think there's a person who probably is more realistic about their outlook on life and get labeled as pessimistic, but I think it's imp- and, and I think a majority of people don't want to look at what can happen. They prefer to look at like, oh, everything's gonna work out, everything's gonna be right. Yeah. And so like, a lot of people get unjustifiably labeled as like negative by being like, look, like 
shit can happen or this can go wrong this can go wrong quickly but you there's a balance that you need people to be like yo this is this can go bad and you need to look at this or you need to look so, at this so person so what do you what do you consider like negative energy if it's not like if it's not like the outlook and the approach because like, I agree with you I don't think that's it at all I, like, I think that there's like an energy that comes with you separate from like your persona and your personality yeah so my my so I think that's like what keeps me in balance. Like I think I have a mad positive energy about mm-hmm. me. I'm just a mad negative persona. Like yeah. I prefer to be that guy. Well, like, I think you just have I like to be. You know yeah. what I mean? But like I think you just probably have like you're a, you're probably more realistic than most people in our culture would like to be. And maybe you're a little bit to the tiptoeing on the pessimistic side, but in that there's truth because there's truth. You look at certain things in life that most people don't want to look at so you people get labeled and i feel like i i will i won't say like if i'm with like in a group of people and i'm talking and so forth like that i'll notice like things that were like oh they can go wrong i can notice i'll notice a lot if i'm having a conversation with a group of people like i'll notice how like someone will interact with their wife or their girlfriend and I'll be like, huh, that seems weird. But I won't say it. I won't say it. I'll just, like, brush it off. And I'll know, like, little, like, things and conversations. And so, and I'll be like, and people, most people will think, like, oh, like, I'm noticing, like, cues in people's personalities. And most people will assume that it's negative. But I'm just like, oh, there's a possibility. There's a little seat in there where, like, I'm noticing that, like, this person's a little off. Or there's some issue between their relationship or something like that. But in that, if I said something, they would be like, "Why are you being negative? Why are you bringing this up?" But it's like, and so, so I don't. I, I've always felt that like so many people view that as negative, when I just see it as commentary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, one of the, one of the first examples of this I can ever remember, I was in like eighth grade. And I went to a party with like a bunch of private school kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fucking nice house. I had like a hot dog and pool and shit. And this girl like you know puts on her shirt like I have to get on the pool. It's like a white shirt, and, like, kind of like showing through the shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I like pull her aside and tell her, just trying to be like a friend, like yo, like I don't know if you know, like titties kind of out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Now, I don't really like know this girl like this. But, like yeah. we've met like one other time outside yeah. of this party. Yeah. And that became, like, a huge thing. Like, she told, like, whoever was, like, hosting the party's parents. Like, it was, like, a whole fucking thing. Oh, and I was, like, yo, like, all I was trying to do was, like, let you know so, like, you didn't get, like, embarrassed. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's, like, people take that shit to heart all the time. Like, yeah. I, like, I, I clown everything about everyone because mm-hmm. I assume somebody will. And, I'm like, I just do what I love, man. I like yeah. fucking with you. Like, it's no harm, no fault. But, like, no, that's kind of, like, the look. It's, like, w- my roommate's a great example. Like, Standard like upstate New York white guy I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, grows out like the ridiculous like seventies porn stash. Yeah. Now like it's a pretty funny look, and it can be a good look with confidence. But if you wear that with a trucker hat, I'm definitely clowning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you look like you stab dudes on the side of the road and like eat small children. It's a little creepy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's here's like when I'm around my friends, like I'm. That's how we are. We just like anything. Like you can't have yeah, that insecurity with yeah, because no. everything's on the table. Exactly. So it kind of like you have to wear your insecurity so much when you're around people that when you're out in public you don't you can wear your insecurity. And I think people who get offended about that just haven't spent enough time in that space where they can just wear their insecurities. Whether it's like and everyone has it to a certain extent, but where they're just like. I mentioned something that like you feel vulnerable about and you automatically take offense to it. Well, I feel like, oh, in, in me as a person, I'm just like, oh, I see weak, a little bit of weakness in that. Yeah. The fact that you just can't handle this. Like I point out one thing about your insecurity and you're just like, oh, well, like 
the fuck's wrong with you? Why would you say something like that? It's like... Let me ask you this. Do you think getting comfortable with your insecurity comes from spending time around people, like, you feel, you know, close enough to to, you know, be yourself around or from spending a lot of time alone? Because I've I found I got a lot more comfortable in my own, like, skin uh-huh. spending spending more of my time alone. Um, when see, I'm around other people, I just... I, I'm a chameleon. I'll take on the personalities of people around me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both because, like, I'm, like, the youngest of my... Like, I'm... Like, of my family, like, I had... My my mom had like eleven brothers and sisters, so I was like the youngest out of all of them. Oh, so like, and yeah, so like I just got tormented. So I had to be like early, easily, yeah, and I had to be really. But now all the other niggas getting old now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I but I had to be like comfortable with like not being cool and not feeling cool. So like once I like thought like I was like getting the hang of it like being cool wasn't like the objective just being comfortable was the objective so I I became like comfortable being awkward and shit like that so I never really and then so like that was one way and I wasn't really alone until I moved to Boston and I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. and then so like I had to be alone I had to sit with my thoughts and think about everything and think about the thing and, and when you do and I feel like everyone should just like at least for six months, just move somewhere and just be by yourself. Because like you don't gotta move anywhere, just be by yourself. Be by yourself, yeah. Because I like, always thought you had to move too, and like I, I ended up spending about six months alone in, in my home city, yeah. and like my whole life changed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, because on, like the, the thoughts that like you avoid by watch like by people being around or by like your friends hitting you up like yo let's go to the bar let's go out let's go drink let's go do this let's go shop whatever when that's not an option anymore then you have to like sit down and just think about what you're doing what you want to do and you all the thoughts you've been avoiding and the shit all the time you've been bullshitting yourself about what you should do and how you want to live your life like all that comes to the forefront because those are the things that you like life has been like echoing in your ear like you have to think about certain things and so you're just faced with reality so i feel like both of those like situations made me comfortable and i'm not still everyone's still a little bit fucked up and has insecurities and shit but like those were things that made me a lot more comfortable than their average person about being insecure about being vulnerable because i just know that most especially as you get older you realize that like you meet like 50 year olds and 60 year olds who just still holding under these insecurities from like their teenage years and shit like that and they're still trying to be brag about this and live live trying to portray a persona that's not really them and ever and if you're really comfortable with yourself you can easily see through this facade that they're portraying and it's just like god damn like i never want to be that guy who's like 50 years old still trying to like live this persona like dealing with, like wearing his all his insecurities on his on his sleeve and shit like that see i don't i don't have as much of a problem with that as i do with people who don't own it like mm. i guess like the, the people you're talking about i don't like i don't mind if somebody is wearing their insecurities on their sleeve i mind when you have behaviors that are obvious like obvious tendencies towards you covering up an obvious insecurity yeah I mean? yeah like people who are out here like yo this is the way i'm fucked up and like this is the shit i'm working on and if you can be cool about that cool and if yeah. you're not, like hit me up another time yeah I'm, i love yeah, no, that's, no problem with those people uh because they're just honest they, i mean I, yeah. I'm, I'm never upset with honesty no that's uh, that's why i mean i meant i think we're on the same page yeah, yeah because i don't I, like we're all fucked up to a certain extent um 
somewhere that was just like better at hiding that shit than exactly. other. You know what I mean? um, And I, I just, I, I guess I have no respect for people who hide their insecurities. Yeah. Like, tell me what you're so ashamed of, bro. Like, I've, I, and I guess like I've had this conversation. I was having this conversation uh, a couple days ago with somebody I forget who, uh, and it's. Not to make the comparison, but I was, I was like, uh, a couple episodes ago, I asked you uh, how many women you slept with, right? Mm-hmm. And you got mad shook about answering that question on the uh-huh. air. But it's one of those things where, as I talk to more people about it, like, over the course of the week or whatever, I realized, like, the only reason, like, I don't is because, like, I kn- th- nobody I meet is, like, is that number going to be higher than mine? And the ones who do, like, you can't shame me. Yeah, like, we're, exactly. you know, like, we're in the ballpark, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, uh, And so it's, it, I feel the same way about most shameful things. Like, you're, like what are you going to tell me that, I, like, I haven't already been a part of? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I've been arrested numerous times. I've been, you know, around all sorts of drug dealers and villains and criminals. It's like... What insecurities? What do you have? A fucking stutter? You bad at basketball? Like yeah. you think you dress funny? Like these? Are, like it's all good, man. Like ain't nobody got anything to be ashamed of. Yeah. Uh, and That's... a lot of people just don't feel that way yet because they never like they never had to like you said they don't either spend the time with themselves and like look in the mirror for six months mm-hmm. or like hit a rock bottom of some sort. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you know who's great at that? You ever talk to like recovering addicts? Oh yeah. Mad yeah. self aware, mad okay with themselves, with all the insecurities. Here's where I'm at, like. And recovering addicts are the best fucking people, you know, minus the 20 years they spent murdering people's yeah, lives. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how that goes. So, one, so when I moved to Boston, like, one of my closest friends, who I kind of lost contact with, like, as a lay, um, was a recovering heroin addict. Yeah. <laughs> Come to Massachusetts. There's lots of them. <laughs> but this dude was like, if you met, if you met him and you sat down with him, Actually, oh, I can't. I don't want to say it because it'll tell. I'll tell you after this. Um, if you sat down with him, you would be like, "This guy is fucking extremely just like really calm, really like a just the most the warmest aura around you." And like I, and like we were friends for like years before I knew that like he was a recovering heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And then he then he told me he was like, "No, like I don't do that. Um, like I had an issue." Which back in the day with drugs, and I was like, uh, really? Yeah, I thought he was joking because his persona is just like, did that. I'm just curious, did he drink? He drank. He liked beers yeah. every once yeah. in a while, and he smoked weed every it's once just, in a okay. while. Um, That's my favorite kind of recovery. Yeah. That sounds well, terrible. That's how Anthony Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain is the same way. Like, yeah. oh. heroin addict, but like, he will drink and he'll smoke, but like, he knows like his vice, and like, he can't touch the dope. But, um, yeah, so that's how he was. And I was like, and we spent, like, so much time together. And I didn't know that he was still, like, this was, like, the thing on his shoulder for the longest time. But, like, he was so, like, as you say, he was, like, so honest. Everything was just, like, he wore everything on his sleeve. Like, he was very truthful, very honest. And, like, if you sat down with him, you never believed that, like, that was an issue that he was, he had dealt with. And it was like when he told me, I was just, I thought he was fucking joking. And then his face was serious, and I was like, holy shit, dude, like, I'm sorry. And then he's like telling me stories about it and so forth, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But that, but you're completely right. Once he had, he had hit his rock bottom, and he had rose above that, and he had his life to some kind of stability. So what do you have to fucking lose after that? No. Not much. You face you <laughs> faced it all. 
You yeah. face it, and, and I grew up around addicts. Well, that's what I mean. Like, addicts have that in common. Uh, people have been to prison. Uh, sex workers are very often like that because yeah. you, know, you go through a lot of like crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fucking human traffickers and pimps and like a lot of fucked up things out of that world. And so, like, a lot of those people, you sit down and you have a conversation with, and it's like, you were like the most honest, forthright, like genuine person yeah. I've ever met. And it's because like, once you go through some shit, like, it, what's the point in being fake after that? That's my pro. That's my one problem with like just like really like those people who like I don't curse, I don't do all, I don't do this, I don't smoke, I don't drink. It's like yeah, but that doesn't make you a fucking good person. Thank you. Like, who are you? Can I trust you? Can I count on you? Because I know people who do. I don't, I don't mind shit. if you don't do any of that shit. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't mean anything. That does, yeah, exactly. People wear it as a badge. Like, that's what, like, yeah. certifies them as a good person. But it's like, what but are I, you, I, To be fair, I feel the same way about people who brag about that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, past, like, 25, like, if you're still, like, bragging about, like, getting hammered, it's like, I feel like you have a window. It's like, you can brag about getting high for the first time until about, like, 21. You can brag about getting, like, really drunk till about 23, 24. You can brag about, like, doing coke till about 25. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, hey, what you're looking at, dog? Like, you can yeah, dabble like, all you want to. If you're here, like, bro, like, last night was crazy. We did lines all night and then, like, yeah, pop mad zany tabs. It's like, nah, bro. It's like, it's like you, that's that insecurity that yeah. it's like, you just, it's just blinking red and then, like, what do you, why are you bragging about that? Like, That's what I mean. Like, I've, I've realized I've, I've done that shit. Like, uh, speaking of the money phone thing we were talking about earlier, somebody somebody made the comments like, you're allowed to do the money phone one time. Yeah. The first time you get real money. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, it's the same yeah. kind of thing. Like, you you can't act like you've been there before until you've been there before. So the first time doing anything, you're allowed to do all the fuck shit with. Okay. You know what I mean? So go, so go and, like, you mentioned something about this money phone earlier. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and then I'll go into, like, what I feel about the money phone and that shit but so like, give me a background and so obviously for uh 444 444 trey force I, I don't know what jay called it 444 no. i guess uh had that bar in there about how niggas need to stop doing the money phone fun- pictures and being on instagram with the money up to that year and how like you should never really be walking around with that kind of cash on you anyway and if you got that kind of money how you should be smarter with it invest in all these mm-hmm. different things so naturally like Every washed rapper of all time who does not have the pop culture standing of Jay Z right. went out and it you know was a little co- hot. So. Yeah, it was pretty much like Jay. You know, Jay Z is just saying the same shit we all been saying. How come you haven't listened to us this whole time? Mm-hmm. Which like whatever. I don't care who's saying it as long as people's listening. Uh, and then the other half of like all the young like new rappers were like, "Fuck you!" Like here's me and my bigger money phone like on Instagram with like. Oh, you got ten racks. Like here's my hundred racks. You know what I mean? Like, dude, next next to the stack on the on the table. Yeah. And it's like, now nah, we're just getting ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the article I saw, I thought was like a funny twist on that was uh, Lord Jamar doing the the book phone challenge. He just out here with like eleven paperbacks to his ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interesting lineup. There's a uh, Art of War was in there. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the art yeah. uh, Art of Persuasion. Uh, a couple other titles were in there, and I was I was curious what what you would put in your in your book phone photo. Like it, if you out there like trying to trying to hype a few books, niggas should go read. Like mm-hmm. what would be in your book phone photo? Um, on my book phone photo, will, and we can get into the money phone thing. If yeah, you want to. it will probably in like regardless of how like I've positioned my religious beliefs, like the Bible would definitely be in there. Really? Yeah. Definitely. Wow. That's a deep place it to is, start. Alright. What, what is. else is in there before we get back to that? Um, it would be that um, it would be um, 
I'm like the most agnostic person ever. So. Um, Steve Jobs autobiography. Okay. Um, it will be. Um, Four different tests. Um. Shit. Mm, uh, the um, alchemist would be in there. Um, it would be forty-eight laws of power. Yeah, I still read that. I need to read that. It would be the order. The order war would be in there. Um, and then it would be like no fiction at all, huh? It, dude, my fiction is weird. Like I was reading like. When I was a kid, I was reading fucking, like, space books and shit like that, like, uh... So, oh, so you fuck with, like, sci-fi, like... Yeah, it was, like, that. weird sci-fi. And those would be in there, but, like, as far as, like, what... Oh, see, that's, I'm, like, I'm, McCree. I'm, I'm a big believer that, like, fiction fiction teaches... Fiction can teach you more than facts. Like, I, I don't I don't really read, like... I don't read, like, business books or self-help books or anything. Like, I'd much rather read fiction. Oh, yeah. Well, when I was younger, I read a lot of fiction. Well, I was weird as a kid, so I would read, like... Um, you feel mad and mature. Like, I would, no, well, when I was your age, my nigga. No, but I'm talking about when I was, like, <laughs> like, like... You have so 10, much to learn, young boy. When I was, like, 10 and 11, I would read, like... I, I, would, I would read, like, weird books. I would read, like... I read every Calvin and Hobbes book. I read like every like Far Side book and shit like that. Yeah, I read Far Side Calvin. Dude, I read all that. That was like one of the best Christmas gifts I ever got. And I like I can't even remember that. I used to read this one author's like he had like a ton of fucking like sci-fi books. Um, I do and like I read like uh, Patient Zero. Uh, They have like three books. It's all about like zombie shit, like like World War. Not even like I didn't even like Goose, but I read it because it was a cool thing. But I, did, I felt like those are shitty books. But like I read like fucking like uh, uh, oh, like tons of like sci-fi books and shit like that. But like the things that most impact my life were like I mean The Alchemist is a, is a is a it's a fictional book, but That's it's true. just like it's found the foundation of it is about journey and the truth of life and shit like that. So, like, those would be, like... And then, like, Steve Jobs' book, it's just, like, all about, like... Oh, and then Malcolm X's book, um... And Tom then, like... Yeah, yeah. The, like, all that yeah. shit would... That would just be in it, because it's just, that like... That might be one of the only... That and Glass Castle probably the only, like, true stories in that, in, in mine. Yeah. Yeah. No, because, know. like, those are... I think that... And I haven't, by by no means, by no means that have I like figure out life. But if anything that gave me a reflection of life that I thought that I could digest and make sense and help me understand this world that I'm walking through, it was those books. And and I mean, I'm still learning. And I'm still like like feeling my way through this world as as everyone else is. But like those were like oh. Yeah, this makes sense, and like this is like it echoes what I feel like when I'm walking through my day to day life. So yeah, the, those see, are I feel like that always makes me feel crazy when I hear people say that because like I I get that same feeling from like mostly fictional sources. Like I get that same feeling from like 
great TV shows or great mm-hmm. fiction novels or, you know, great storytellers in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, like, the non-fiction stuff I enjoy are just great stories. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like, The Art of War, for example, is, a, you know, it's a manual. It's a, a, mm-hmm. a booklet uh, of, you know, directions, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot more to it than that, but that's the, that's the style it's written in. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, something like Malcolm X's autobiography, like, the, the tale that it's telling you, like, you can learn so much along the way from every character, not just Malcolm himself, but every character along the way. Yeah. And there's so much nuance and interpretation to that mm-hmm. that I think that can touch more people than the audience, something, uh, you know, like, the, the 48... Part of the issue of why I haven't read the uh, 48 Laws of Power is, like, I'm not sure if me and my personality type and what I want out of life is to be powerful. Mm. So now I'm missing out on great life lessons because it's being sold towards people as a method towards power. Oh, that's Whereas a whole, Mal- Malcolm that's a whole X's autobiography exactly. is, is like, oh, sorry. But like Malcolm X's entire autobiography is an ascension to power, right? Mm-hmm. But it's told through the lens of like, how, how, are, how are you helping the community along the way? How are you recreating identity? How are you impacting society? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the point, like, those are the questions I'm asking to arrive at the fact that I need power. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I guess I'm I'm more curious of, of those questions than I am of the answer, maybe. Yeah. Because uh, I, I just like, that's the most fascinating part to me. Like, nobody has the answer. I don't care how many books are written. Yeah, you know I, mean? I like, agree. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, so you read so Malcolm X and then, you know, one of the other ones that have in there, completely different stories, Jeanette Walls. And, mm-hmm. uh, did you read The Glass Castle? No, I have not. Uh, it's a book I, I recommend to uh, literally everyone. Yeah, world. I'm, I'm not like some huge reader, but that's that's definitely up there for me. Uh, and it's her autobiography from her childhood. With you know, she's like a schizophrenic parent. They're moving all around the country, like living in like, poverty, living out of cars, living in like you know, no running water, no bathroom, no nothing in like the fucking mountains of West Virginia. It was like crazy fucking story. Yeah, and then like. For, so you see, like, Malcolm X's rise through, like, a crazy situation and his, like, quest towards power. Mm-hmm. And this lady ended up being, like, a journalist at MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Like, not, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, a, 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 like, kind of, like, an ease into society. Like, here's how I, like, grappled with that craziness to fit myself back into where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, like, those are such contrasting perspectives. Yeah. I, I like to find enough of those to be in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So those those are definitely up there. There's a lot of other fiction, uh, like, more fictional things. So, like, as corny as that, I think everybody in the world should read Harry Potter. I think it's... I have never read Harry Potter. I am <laughs> done with this podcast. We can cut this shit off right now. <laughs> I, Pause. I, Sorry, you want to talk about a whole podcast? I've never read Harry Potter. I've never. Here's my. I've never watched any of the movies. I just have a problem. I'll read everything on that book list. You just told me if if you want if you read the first four Harry Potter. I, I will. Because I, will, I know you'll shit. read the last I'll, three if you read. The I, will, first four. I I had I I never I hated I didn't I didn't want to watch Lord of the Rings and I finally that, like watched that, it. That's fine. I, like, I don't even fuck with Lord of well, the Rings. Well, no, I and I and I loved it. I just I don't know Harry Potter. Just like. I have a problem believing some kid can save the world. It's just like a reach for me, but That's I understand crazy. it. Like I, I, I will check it out. I will definitely read it. I feel like it's like one of those. Things. It's like now watching Star Wars or something yeah, like that. It's like, dude, what the fuck? I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I don't like kids asking Star Wars me. Yeah. And like the last couple, I've done, I don't. Yeah, it's been on in the background somewhere. Like I, I know yeah. there's a black guy now. Like I don't yeah. fucking know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It's the same story, ain't it? Like, rebellion, good guy, bad guy, wisp, wisp. I don't know. <laughs> There's certain things that, like, sometimes I don't, like, I, if just seeing it from the outside, like, I don't, atta- I don't attach to, it doesn't fit me. 
but I will like watch it or digest it or read it or whatever just to see like the pulse of like what popular culture is on and just be like oh okay I can kind of see where I still may not it's not for me but I can still I can be like okay this is why people like this I feel like more connected with people when I can be like oh this is popular like I'll read this and see why people like it and if I don't like it I'll at least have some like more understanding about but why that's yeah, why yeah exactly so like that's why I've been meaning to like so let, let me ask you, what, what's like, what's your what's your thing right now that like you know you know you are you don't really fuck with but you're trying to fuck with like for the culture if you will. Um, oh man. Um, like for instance, like I fucked with Little Yachty heavy for like three months because I had to figure out why people fucked with Little Yachty. I can't. I still don't really know why, but I got like a better glimpse. Like I get it. Like this shit bops a little bit. Like it just took me a minute. Yeah, it's it's not for me. Like it's not in the rotation. But uh, you had to get a see. Like music is always my like spot where like it's, so like I'll I'll listen to it, but I won't put it like I'll I'll like listen to it on my computer, but I won't put it on my iPod. So uh-huh. like Lil Yachty and Lil Uzi Vert and shit like that. I'll Wait, listen. do you like buy music still? No, like I oh, just music? download. I never I haven't bought music since I had. Well, you said like you download like, music. I figured you just stream nah, shit. Yeah, well no, I'll download what I want and put it on my okay. iPod. But um, I haven't downloaded music. Like five years and then like movies and shit like that. It's just a popular movie. I will I'll watch it because I I've my I'm a big movie buff and my feeling is those like movies right now are currently like the peak of human expression, artistic expression. Like as far as everything you can put together, like music. I think the, they have the potential. Yeah. I think most of them are Yeah, awful. I mean, they can, yeah, we, they can easily, like, yeah. fuck it up. Well, just like music, you can overproduce it now. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Every, everything can sound decent, so nothing seems great. But then when you see something truly great, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, everything as far as that realm, like, I'll, if it's extremely popular, if I don't go to the movies and see it, then, like, I'll wait and I'll download and watch it and shit. Are like you ever that. disappointed when you do it? Are I'm you watching shit? I'm, like, you, I'm, I'm usually disappointed in like media and I'm rarely impressed. I feel like there's a lack of everything is like like commercialized and they try to capitalize and it takes away from the art. No one takes risk anymore. And I feel like that's and I don't wanna get sound like a fucking like you know, one of those like uptight assholes. Stirring on your skin, but uh, there's, there's not a lot of it's not a lot of risk, and there's not a lot of uh, creativity and a lot of things. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'll watch it, I'll listen to it. But it's like, eh, like every Drake album, every Drake album put out, I'm yeah. like, yeah, this guy's better than this. Like, why is what what's he doing? Oh uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> But um, that was a great example. Yeah, I mean, that's, how, that's exactly why I feel Drake is in, as an artist. That the guy I listen to because I know he's popular. Yeah. it's catchy enough that I can like get down with it. Yeah, but I don't really enjoy it. Like no. I don't fuck with Drake's music. It's There'll just like, like one it's song. Great background yeah. music. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's perfect in every setting. You know, you get, exactly. You put it on and girls are drinking. Oh, it's like in like this champagne but what I mean. girls shit. are drinking they moms are drinking dudes yeah. are drinking they dads are drinking the yeah. creepy uncle is drinking yeah, like everybody exactly. is cool with like drinking a two step to the exactly. whole drink yeah, it's, it's thoughtless it's fast food yeah it, thank you and I have a problem with I, I feel I feel like a majority of our culture uh, it's just it's just fast food it, you know it's quick you know it's re- reliable to a certain extent and you're just like oh yeah I know I'm, I know it's gonna be like a C as far as like taste and like 
But I know I'm putting out another one in seven months, so what do I care? Exactly. And when you get hungry again, it's like, ah, I know I can trust McDonald's. It's like media says the same way. The media is like full with McDonald's. And there's few like mom and pop spots where you can be like, oh, this is that shit. We're like, yeah. Like, it's yeah, a, the problem with media is like, you go to mom and pop shops, and you're like, oh, this is quaint. This is nice. Like, I yeah. love the retro 80s booths or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. But you go watch TV and you see it like card. shot with an 80s camera and yeah. like, the content is like grainy as fuck and you're used to watching HD yeah. movies like I'm not watching that <laughs> I will back to like full circle like I, I I moved to this place and like downgraded amenities because like I wanted a feel of something real I didn't want to live in a fucking factory anymore I wanted to live in a, a home I wanted to have fucking bedrooms and living rooms it's something that and it, what what is that what is that that north star that internal north star that's like for some reason that didn't feel right that didn't feel true to me and it fucked up my whole thing and then so what internally led me back to like yeah i just want a home like i want a living room i want a kitchen i want bedrooms and like this doesn't feel right this is right and like um, whether it's just emotionally, something was off, but like there's I think some just, signifier to it. Though. There is. Like I, I, it's the thing I'm missing most of my life right now. Is like feeling like you, it, like there's home, and when you come home, knowing like this is all me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like cool. Like I did this. I've achieved this, and this is comfortable. Yeah. I can come here and rest and recharge for the next day. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you're living in kind of a transient space, mm-hmm. like you, I, I, you talk about the energy thing. Like I do think it's almost palpable with your physical energy where like you can sleep eight hours a day there and sleep eight hours a day here and you'll feel better waking up here yeah you know what I mean 100% do it's a it's a it's a different kind of energy you recharge with I I went yesterday so happy oh my god no but it's it's true it's true this is true this is the truth and I I feel like eventually like humanity is going to figure this out to a scientific level but it's true I slept yesterday I I fell asleep probably like probably 12 o'clock and I woke up this morning at five o'clock in the morning, and I felt like I slept for eight. I don't even know how many hours that is, but it felt like I woke Man, up. Can and, I come yeah. sleep? Oh, I've been sleeping like shit. Dude, I, I, slept, <laughs> I slept fucking perfect. Dude, I woke up. I went on a run, and like I got coffee, and I was just like the the whole energy was so much better. And I feel like that. I feel like people don't account for that energy. I think that I think. And this is like a, a something like if ever anyone's ever like saw the documentary The Minimalist, it's on Netflix. It's like a dope ass doc, documentary. You check that out. Yeah. And it's like I watched it at like four in the morning while I was in the, like a middle of a manic episode, and then like threw away half my closet. Dude, but it's so <laughs> true. I think like like we we equate. And I was just listening to uh, um, another podcast. I forget it's, it's for, and it was like yeah, the reason why. Um, like the Pope right now is like Hispanic descent is because like other nations have gravitated more to religious and religion than uh, than the United States and the United States praises things and now that they have things they don't need like you know this spiritual element and so but I, and I feel like we live in that culture and I'm not like trying to like say like oh like people should be religious or she people should be like christian or like or whatever i just feel like there is an element that we as human humans don't know there's a spiritual element there's like there's there's 
praising like these like these cars and like more space and bigger houses and bigger cars is not making us happy as a society we are unhappy and like it, it is statistically proven that wealthy people are unhappy poor people are unhappy so who who's happy who's happy and and I have a, I work with a guy from Nigeria and he's he's been over in in the states for like three years and he was like you know like you guys have in America you guys have everything you guys have nice cars nice houses but you just so very unhappy all you guys do is just drink and then go to work and it's like in Africa we after work we hang out we have uh, cookouts and it's just like the whole neighborhood gets together and it's like yeah we our priorities has like built we our priorities of like buying new shit and getting new shit and getting new cars has become our own prison and that we're living in this shit and we're, we don't realize that it's fucking our cages and we keep on buying shit thinking that the next TV next car is gonna make us happy but it's like no like fucking downgrade fucking getting your community build relationship and See, all that shit. I guess my thing is like I don't view it as a downgrade. Like it's such an upgrade to me. Like I've like I was saying earlier, like I've had mad nice shit. Yeah. Like I spent five years of my life going on vacations, but every eight months they were bought and paid for by somebody I barely speak to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I like, I've had like a very lavish life, but like my life is at its best when I have four to five stable, good, healthy relationships mm-hmm. in my life, a roof over my head, a mm-hmm. car to drive. Doesn't matter what it like. Yeah. It, I was I was much happier when I was driving my '96 Accord than I was driving literally my dream car. I, I bought a 2004 OZ Rally Edition, bright yellow Mitsubishi Lancer. I fucking loved that car. I wanted that car since I was 13 years yeah. old. You know what I mean? Uh, when I bought that car, I was fucking miserable for like yeah. seven months because I had this great ass car, but I still had this job I hated. I had this girlfriend I wanted too much. Yeah, my job. I had all, like all the. I don't mean that in like a shitty way. I mean that in like that's how I was viewing the world. And when I cut all the extra shit out of my life, like you know I. It, you don't have as much to distract you. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, I'm bored. Like, what do I do? Okay, like, I flip on the TV, right? I flip on my laptop, right? I go for a drive in my, my nice car, right? You cut all that shit out, like, you're like, oh, I'm bored. What do I want to do? It's like, oh, I don't want to work on myself. I need some, like, vitamin D. Maybe I'll go on the sun. Yeah. Eh, go for a run. Maybe I should, like, call some people. I'm kind of hungry. Maybe I'll, like, cook some people dinner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you do better shit when, like, you have less distractions. Yeah. We just, like, nobody seeks out. A, like legitimate good time anymore because yeah. like you can just replace it with anything else like you said everybody goes out drinking right so you like you go to the bar you're at the bar your buddies like run into a couple of people like uh, I don't know if I want to be here anymore there's probably a better bar with different people I want to hang out with yeah. next door so I'm going there and it's like you just keep doing the same shit expecting different results because like that's the only thing you know how to do now because yeah. you've been doing that fight that was definitely that guy and you, get that, that, and you get in that consistency now if you're in that and your friends are in that, then that just becomes like... That's your reality. That's the energy. That's your environment. Exactly. And so, like, it's it's a complete cycle of just, like... And no one's one's never, like, ever, like, hey, like, we keep on doing this every weekend, and, like, I'm not any more happy, and, like, this doesn't seem like to be... I mean, we're not investing anything into, like, ourselves. Like, we're just in this cycle of just, like, filling our lives with bullshit. And then eventually, like, time goes by, and you're just like, oh, yeah, like, I just feel I've, I've spent, like, a significant amount of time investing in bullshit. And, like, this has always been, like, my fears is, like, to waste time on bullshit. 
I feel like you should invest your time in people around you and property, and that's about it. So, okay, so this... I mean, this those are the only worthwhile things I know to be true. Everything else, I go back and forth on. And this is, like, something that I want to do, like, a video content of, just, like, of a... Like, of your ideal day, like, from, let's say... You'll get an animator for that. would be dope. Yeah, that would be dope. Jits can probably do that. He's pretty good at that. All right, but shout out to Jitan Dilani, man, who's helping us out, man, down in Miami. Yeah, that guy whose name I'm never pronouncing on here. What up, Jits? So from like, so so your perfect day, your ideal day where you feel like you're optimizing life, wake up whatever time to like go to bed. How's that day look? Just like, like where you feel like, yeah, this is a perfect day. And I'm optimized, and I'm like, feel like I got shit done, and I'm, I feel. I mean, a good ass breakfast. First thing, I, first thing I've been taking like the per like the perfect length shower, like a yeah. 17 minute shower, <laughs> like three, like four songs, and getting out of the shower in the fifth song. Yeah, that's like taking like a perfect shower, having a bomb ass breakfast. We can get into details another time. I have a lot of feelings on breakfast. We mm. can spend an entire podcast on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going going to go work out. Uh, Probably like run a little bit, go get a haircut. Mm. Uh, I'd probably go play some golf. Where are you? Are you in Boston? Uh, no, definitely. Not. If you're listening to this, I want you guys to think about what you're. Where am I? Perfect, good. California. Yeah. No, yeah, no question. Are you living there? Yeah. That's yeah. that's what's your, where ho- what's your house look like? Uh, I think I'm living on like a cliffside, honestly. Yeah. Like I like I want to be I want to be in like Middle Cali. I want to be yeah. on the beach in Middle Cali, like one of those weird towns off of I, like I five there. Uh-huh. I just want to be like tucked away in one of those somewhere. Wake up, like go for a run, come back, hang out with my girl, like on our porch, and just like this house. So you have point. a girl. You have a girl, and in this in this. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to not have a girl in my perfect day. Right, well, that's life. what I'm asking you. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, you're going to give me a magic. No, I think I'm a, in my, in honest to God, truth, like, I think in my perfect day, like, I think I wait, like, I wake up with my girl and then I go do all that shit I want to do and she goes and does all the things she wants to do mm-hmm. and then, like, those interact at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But, like, not all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I would love to, like, you know, I uh, I'm gonna go play golf and she's gonna you know she's out fucking at a wine tasting or like shooting photos or some shit you know what yeah. I mean like I you know like it would be super dope to me uh, and then we can like there's nothing I find more boring than people in relationships who spend all this time with each other day, yeah you know what yeah. I mean it's like yeah. then what do you have to talk about like yeah. my girlfriend's the most interesting person I know you know what yeah. I mean like my girl my girlfriend takes classes I've never heard of she teaches fucking children for a living she's got degrees I haven't even considered about getting she's the first person I know to own a property yeah. at like her age you know what I mean like yeah. like my girlfriend's wildly impressive with me like I I love talking to my girlfriend because she gives me a unique perspective yeah my girlfriend and I just hung out all the time I would be. She like she'd be like a boring version of me, and I'd be a less intelligent version of her. Yeah, I feel uh, like <laughs> one one small point. I feel like that's important to have like people in your life that like enrich you and can like add to you, and like are not afraid to be like, hey, like you thought about this, or like in your like, fuck no, like I haven't thought about that, and you like to insert aspects. That you never thought about that. You enrich each other. But go on. Like. <laughs> so, 
Now that I gush about my girlfriend and her man or hate yeah. me. I should point out, by the way, I don't think my girlfriend's born. Hey, play this part. This is what I talk uh, about yeah. you, baby. Exactly. Thought he'd be here next week. So, NL Gator 22 is now single. What's up, ladies? Uh, no, but like, honestly, like, I'm going to play my girlfriend like she's boring. I'm just saying, like, my, my life is a weird one to describe to people, and I don't think everyone would be cut out for that task. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think trying to, like, take on much of my personality is a good thing for most people. Uh... But yeah, I think most of my day would be spent like I'd I'd be outdoors more than I thought I would need to be. I've yeah. always been kind of like a city guy. My brother's very outdoors, and he's always preached the need for nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I, as I get older, I find that more and more true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I definitely probably spend most of my day outside, and I'd want to spend like my evening like somewhere. I want to have like an awesome cookout. Honestly, like I love I want like an outdoor dinner party, not like a cookout. I want yeah. like a fancy ass like backyard dinner party <laughs> yeah, that's like my ideal day I want to invite everybody over I love bringing together people who wouldn't hang out with each other yeah. you know what I mean like one of my favorite parts about like my friend circles is putting together people like you know who are like thorough ass street niggas with like queer chicks from Somerville yeah. you know what I mean like, y'all should hang out and then by the end of the night they're like yeah like these people are kind of cool like, yeah, I you, fucking hated faggots like 12 hours ago you, but, but like, you never know I like y'all yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like, that's dope as shit to me it is uh, so that that's like my ideal day. It's probably a lot of time outdoors, some workout, uh, some game of some sort. Like I gotta play something. Yeah. Uh, probably golf. If not, you know, fuck it with me. Worry for some old white people shit. Damn. I fucking love cribbage now, nigga. What is that? I never even heard of that. You never heard of cribbage? No, this is a new word. Yo, this is right. like and they make it to Cleveland. This is the niggerish <laughs> segment apparently where black people don't know about cribbage because we're busy playing spades. But it's like a card game. It's like a pegboard. You move around the pegboard based on like different. It's mad hard to explain. There's okay. A yeah. billion rules, but it's mad fun. I will teach you how to play cribbage. It's great. Uh, uh, but my point, my point in that being like, I'd always need to like play something in my best day. Yeah. Like, even if I lose, it's just mad. It's, like, it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. So, I, yeah, I think that would be it. That, that's all my needs. I, relationship needs, friendship needs, food needs, outdoor environmental needs, competitive needs. Yeah, that's everything I need in a day. Yeah. No, that's dope. That's also crazy because I went through the whole thing and didn't once mention doing any drugs. <laughs> like, no drugs, I, no drinking. That's not I, even I, part I, of my best day. I, 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 when you, and this is my opinion, like back to like what I said about you my buddy's reflection of the United States. I feel like you live a life that's enriched with, like, people and things that you care about. Like, you don't need to escape. Like, it maybe it's there, but you, it's not a necessity. Like, it's the people who are stressed and they want to escape immediately. That's why, like, you have a drink and shit like that. Because they're like, alright. I could have that day yeah. for, like, Three hundred dollars now. Yeah, like that's not like a hard day. No, like not. I could have that day every day of my life if I got like a slate. But if, if I had the job I used to have, like that yeah, pay rate, which was crazy. Escape, it's hard to escape all the responsibilities and shit they piled on top of us. I don't know where after time, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But I, was, I don't think it's that hard to escape. Mm-hmm. I think it, like in I, we there's certain touch points I've realized like listening to our episodes that we hit a lot and I don't want to like harp too deep into them yeah. one of which being like do people want to recognize the reality of like the strings behind them yeah. that's another one of those things I think it's just cutting the strings I think yeah. when when you turn around and look at like you know your own insecurities or like you know how the world's constructed around you mm-hmm. then like it's a lot easier to be like oh well, this is fucking dumb like yeah. let me just do what I want to be doing uh, and it's, it's one of those things where like like I said, like everybody can be having the best day ever if they just realize what the best day ever looked like. Yeah. If you actually sit down and think about it, it doesn't involve any of the shit you spend your time trying to get. No. You don't need any money. You don't need a car. I maybe need a car. I'll drive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you don't need much of anything. 
Yeah, but there, I mean, there's certain restraints to that. Is it like you need, like, if you want to live, you need, you want an well, apartment. Yeah, it's, I'm saying it's obtainable. Yeah, it's attainable. I mean? Like, like a five hundred dollar a month apartment and like enough food to eat and like some time off to enjoy yourself isn't like crazy difficult. No. You know what I mean? And you can be having the day I just described every weekend. But there's sacrifices <laughs> to that. Like a $500, $500 apartment, where are you going to live? You're yeah, gonna live? Yeah, that gets back to our environment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's like this, this there is a sacrifice. And yeah, you could, I, I could get a $500 apartment, but my neighbors would be on meth. <laughs> or, or shooting up my fucking door. Exactly. Towing yeah. my car because they hit it with a stolen car. And <laughs> we'll find you, white Lexus. We'll find you. So, uh, no, but yeah, I think that uh, the reason why I ask that is because that's something I think about. Like, like I feel like people have to visualize like what they want out of life, and I think that's part of like getting to your goals and like. I'm having more and more trouble like trying to like oh pinpoint exactly how this day happens so like it starts with like oh how do I wake up and like how does this day ha- happen and then from there I can carve my life to get into that you know and I feel like people don't do that as much as they want to do don't look at they get in this rut and they just continue to create this pattern and then continue to live that pattern so like, when you when you wake up in the morning what do you do to, like so you're saying like you need to set yourself up for success? Yeah, well, like I'm doing it now. I'm trying to do that now that I'm, uh, and this is like part. This is kind of full circle. Like now that I'm in a space where I feel like there's a, tr- I'm at there's a transition period. Yeah. So like I'm like, I'm trying to set my schedule to like, all right, well, like I wake up. My alarm's always set at five o'clock in the morning, and I only want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning twice a week for now, and just like. Wake up, hit the gym, go grab coffee, like, and then figure out my day. And then from there, it's like, go to work, figure out that. After work, like, maybe go on a run, maybe not, maybe just fucking, like, just, like, be productive for the time outside of work. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm trying to, like, structure a life now that I'm in a space where I feel like I'm at a transition period where, like, I've improved my environment now let's structure the environment to make the rest of my life where I wanted to be. And I feel like we have everyone has the capacity to like carve their life into like this tailored suit that fits them. I feel like a lot of people buy their life off of the rack. And by what I mean by that is they, they see what their dad did or what their uncle did or what their aunt did. And they're like, oh, I can do that. Then they they spend their life and their their energy investing in something that maybe there's something else out there better for them and I'm trying to like kind of structure my life to where like I can be successful and still like do what I want to do and like craft a life that like I feel like it's for me it's like oh well like I got this job so I guess I'll just fucking do this job for like 40 years and I'll re- then I'll retire you know and then I'll take some trips and shit like that it's like yeah but the bulk of your life was wasted like investing in something that like is not you so I'm at an interesting crux with that because like I feel like I'm that guy going and punching a clock every day and like going to work with a lunch pail you know what I mean yeah uh, which I feel like it's 80% of yeah people are. Uh, but I also feel like I don't. I don't mind doing that in, in the way I'm doing it now because I'm like 
I'm learning a skill I've been meaning to learn anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, sales is kind of vital to my career path, and like, I hate everything about sales, but like, yeah. getting some experience doing it is great for the resume and will like, put me in a lot of nice positions later on, whether or not you know, I want to get into buying, whether or not I want to get into media, whether, you know, just tech. There's a lot of things I've done and have interest in that you know, sales experience helps with. So like, it's, a, it's a necessary evil. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like most people, I don't want to say most people I work with, because like, I don't know them like that. I haven't worked there that long. Mm-hmm. But most people I've interacted with in sales environments previously, mm-hmm. uh, and some I've interacted with currently, don't seem to know they're in the rat race. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think yeah. the, be- the best ones at it don't usually know. Dude, that's uh, 100% acting in the city even better. Uh, I, I will say the very best ones I've met are completely aware and thrive on that. Yeah. They're like, I know this is all a facade, and I like every single call, every meeting, like, I put on the profile and I go fucking kill it and like I liken it to like actors like I'm blown away and when you see like somebody who does sales like oh, well, yeah, it's pretty yeah, crazy yeah. Uh, and there's only like, two people who are successful at it the people who know it's an act and the people good, who are blind or the people who are blind who thinks it's all over and if you're let anywhere me tell you a story you. after this after no go ahead I, I guess my, my whole point with that is like it's weird because like at some point, I, I guess, like, I spent a lot of time just saying fucking, like, crafting my life the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And I realized that you can only, like, start doing that when you've, requ- like, you need to acquire the skills to do the things you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been trying to shortcut my way to the life I think I deserve for a long time. And I've been mostly successful. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've made plenty of money. I've lived plenty of, like, cool places. I've dated and slept with plenty of awesome, attractive interesting people mm-hmm. like I've done all the checklist shit you're supposed to do yeah. uh, but like at the end of it it was like oh cool like how do I keep doing this and it's like mm, well, you need to have like actually acquired knowledge and like information that we desire in the future for you to be successful mm-hmm. and you kind of need to take the baby steps there and I think that's that's a big part of the environment it's like you need to be in an environment where you're not pressured to chase success right now you need to be in an environment where you're chasing successful ideology yeah you know what I mean Okay, so the most the realest part, the realest moment I've ever had in a professional setting was a. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say what I do because I don't want to give my professional shit, but I, I'm in sales, and then um, so I walked in and I was Can like fucking sales, bro. Who would have thought? Exactly. So, but I walked in with uh, with one of my. I walked in with the guy who, who worked for my company. He was like a vet, like twenty, thirty years with our company. And we walk into the account, and he sees a vet, guy like with the company, not vet yeah, like vet with that. the company. And then he sees a guy who works for an opposite company of ours, but they we're all in the same industry. And this guy, they know each other because he's also a vet for the same company or for the same industry. And they know each other, they greet each other, they say what's up. He's with another guy from his company, and they're talking. I'm next to him, and they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good. You know, like I'm about to retire and shit." And then they're talking to shit about retiring and shit. The guy I'm with is like five years from retirement too. So they're talking and shit. He's like, "Oh, like," and he's they're they're mid fifties in this industry. And then he's like, "Oh, so I heard you guys got a, like a, a a new manager over there." He's like, "Yeah." And then like he's like, "How is he?" And then the guy, and that's what the guy I was with asked him, "How is he?" And the other guy looked at him. He said, he's all right. He still thinks this is all real. And it was like, and I was a new, I was I a new. I remember that saying shit like that all the time. And it just hits me like months later how real that shit is. Dude, but I was like new into this yeah. field. I was like probably like it is maybe all a real year, too. maybe a year. 
But no, it's it's never. This all this never been real to me. But I've never heard like people who spent their life in it. Oh yeah. In in the in the in the, in the way he said it, it was like a, such a moment. It's like probably the most like like I don't know sober moment of my life where he's like, yeah, I don't know. He still thinks it's all real, and I was like. And for him to say it to someone else who has spent that time in the industry, and for that guy to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. It didn't like, mean... Oh, he, he really don't get it yet. Yeah. So he'll learn. What, the, what does that say about what the, we're investing in? And, like, and then, so, like, I can't look at anything the same because it's like, it's, yes, you, we're pouring... We're, we're, you're spending your life in industry, in, energy in these fields or whatever you're doing. X, Y, and Z selling whatever tires or paint or whatever the fuck you're selling, but it's, it's not fucking real, man. It's not. It's not. It's just, it, if you weren't there, this shit still be selling. Like this is what I find funny. I joke with people all the time. Is every single like every skill I have that I've been paid for as an adult mm-hmm. is completely useless in mm-hmm. like in actual real world situation. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked as a graphic designer, I've worked as a marketer, I've worked as a salesperson, I've worked customer service. I, everything I've done is just like, in, it, it, it's it's a, a digit of capitalism. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's necessary now because we live in like an economy that's structured on the need to sell things. Mm-hmm. But A, I'm very easily replaceable in, in most of the, I'd like to think I'm not in some jobs I've had, but hey, I, I've left. They've moved yeah, on. Yeah. So clearly I'm like, you know, you're, you're majority replaceable but then on top of that it's also like you don't need salespeople to sell things you need no. salespeople to sell bad products yeah if your product is good you don't need to sell anything yeah well I, like you're part like, of a side of, of the smoking mirrors you, you're just a guy that putting up one one part of the mirror that's what, uh, you're a sports guy right yeah you think the green bay packers have like a sales team oh uh, yeah they do no no, there's fucking I, chance. I guarantee they have a sales. They're, they're they sold, have a ticket sales. I they're sold they out with a 130,000 seat wait list. They have one guy who picks up the phone every time somebody drops a ticket and keeps calling until somebody says yes. And that's it. Oh, but I guarantee they have like, uh, they'd have a group ticket sales. They no, have probably no. have like, you, I guarantee. They, they, have have a, they have a box they office. They probably won't do anything. No, no this was it. They have, they have a box office and then the rest of that stadium is sold out to either season members or tickets they've allocated for individual game tickets at resale at the box office or third party deals. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Nobody, nobody is calling the Green Bay tickets like, hey, can I get tickets for this Sunday's game? Yeah. Like yeah. the answer to that question has been no for 50 years. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And so like, they don't, they just don't, salespeople aren't necessary if the product's that good. Yeah. Green Bay Packer football has been that good of a product for that long that like, it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, any industry like, you know, does Coke need sales reps anymore? Do they have one? I mean like, it, that's probably a bad example because it's such a like, point of sale like product. But you get my point. Like, well, here's the thing. Here's the like here's Spotify doesn't employ sales guys. Well, here's here's why the certain the people need, maybe BD. Yeah, here's why certain things, and this is the problem with our with our, with get killed by by tech entrepreneur. <laughs> well, it's because they they have to keep on moving the needle each year, yeah. each quarter, each year. So they need to. But oh yeah, well, we're gonna raise the price. Now you have to convince them why they're paying. They're gonna pay. That's you know, fair. Uh, 20% extra so I think that's why there's all that's why there's gonna be like that sales element to everything still because you need someone to give them oh well like 
Yeah, John, you, you bought them last year. You don't. Yes, it went up, but you know we're we're, we're gonna add X, Y, and Z. There's another. You can get tickets to the away game. We're gonna get you twenty percent off. You know what? Like you, you know your wife Nancy's been. She, what she's gonna do on Sunday? So now it's like that's, that's why you get. So yeah. real. So. This is so real. And everyone thinks it's real. It's not fucking real. Not whatsoever. Yeah, that's the funniest part. But sports <laughs> is a great example of that because it's like none of that's real, right? Yeah. Like, and then, but, but football is then the weirdest example of that because none of it's real. It's all a game, but then people are dying. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, we'll get into that another day because <laughs> I don't. I'm not doing that tonight. Uh, yeah. Did you want to get in this relationship article that you want to bring your friends in on? Or are we doing that next week? Uh, we can t- just touch on it real quick, and then let's I'll set up I'll set up with them next week, and we can run it. All right, so uh, you want to do that at the end, and we'll like intro them for next week or whatever. We'll do a little teaser bit. Yeah, we'll tease the teaser right now. Yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to get in in this episode? I feel like we got all over the place there, but yeah, we did. I didn't know if there, there was a couple other things we talked about before, and I didn't know if you want to get into those. No, I feel like we should save those. We got into a lot. I feel like the overall like episode about choices and energy, energy man it's, yeah so i i forget the name of it and i guess we can wrap up on this i forget the name of the person to attribute the theory to but there's a, a very famous theory that i'm sure somebody will tweet us eventually uh that is the, you know that all energy in the world has been the same forever and it just transfers between people uh and so you know negative negative people are looking for people to you know transfer their negative energy to so that they can you know make room for possible positive energy in yeah. their life so when you're your most negative, you're carrying around all this weight, what are you looking to do, right? You, you want to hate on everybody, you want to transfer all, all your shitty energy, you want to go, like, do bad drugs or commit crimes or whatever, whatever your negative releases, you know what I mean? Some people are, like, mad womanizers, like, whatever, whatever your negative energy releases, you want to, like, get that shit off you. Yeah. Uh, and people who are positive people are always, like, you know, almost like hoarding the positive energy, right? Like, don't bring your negative vibes around me. Yeah. Just, I love over here, peace, love, and energy, like, player man. Like, no, like... Fuck those people first off, because I've never been that positive. But like that's that's kind of like the the embodiment of it. Uh, and I think there's a lot to be said about how that energy lingers in in the general space around you. And you, I guess we we got started talking about the idea of moving and this being moving season and kind of the idea of energies and auras of of your environment. And it's like if you put enough negative people in one place, everybody's just trying to pass their negative energy on. So you're just passing it to each other repetitively. Yeah. And anytime you have energy like that, it's not, not to get super chemical, but anytime you have energy like that moving at that rate, like it, it creates literal friction. It, be, it becomes you know it becomes hotter. It becomes you know all all these phrases you hear used to describe shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're making it hot. Like you know, it's mad friction between people. You know, everything's clashing. Like that is actual. Like that is what happens with actual atoms. Like that is yeah. that feeling that you're describing isn't like a, a phrase. That's palpable. Mm-hmm. Like that's real. Uh, and when you're in a more positive climate, it's just easier. Like yeah. the air is less thick. That's not like a difference yeah, in smog. That's why like you, you can know. move across LA; it's still cloudy, but like it's better. Yeah, that's why you know like energy is real because like even it's to the point that if you know like two people you're friends with have an issue, you can feel that tension, and because of that tension, your body has a physical response to it. That's as real as anything there is. So the fact that that emotional energy has something. And it, it it makes there a physical response, it's, whether it's tension or whether it's uptightness or whatever. That means that that, that energy is real. This is something like a little bit tangible. Just because we don't understand it, how it affects us and why it affects us doesn't mean that it's less real. It just means that we don't have the information and data yet. Um, but 
I think that more people should, and this is what I guess this episode is more about, just like examining those energies in your life, um, looking at the people you surround yourself, looking at the environment you surround yourself, and whether you're in, if you're in the hood, like, still just like still look for that people the people who are positive in the hood and people who are like bringing that positive energy and, and uh, has positive thoughts and that the dude's talking about like how violent they can get or what they can do how much money they can get because none of that is a reflection of what's true what's real in this life and you know i think as more people start to analyze this energy and and, and the people they surround themselves with the more as a whole we become a, a better society and more honest and more true and you know away from like the bullshit and more to the like the honest real thing sacrificing what we think is cool and investing in what's real so so this is the hippie as fuck hippie as fuck can we find like your some, mama a hippie can we find like some black hippie bootleg to do uh, for the oh, intro yeah for, for the music like, this yeah we're gonna cause find, I feel like this is mad black hippie I'm gonna just google black hippie and find some underground dude no you don't you don't fuck with black hippie like the, oh, like, like the, the group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, all that shit's kind of great. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you got connects like that, then. Uh, no. All right, we You're have, way cooler than I know. <laughs> um, yeah, this was the hippie episode. Facts. Uh, next week, we're going to touch a bit on uh, attractions and relationships. Yeah. Uh, and why pretty women date ugly niggas. And why, why, ugly or niggas why they swear should. They or why they should date ugly niggas. I mean, speak for yourself, my nigga. I'm all pretty women day. Pretty niggas. I'm pretty as fuck. What's uh, <laughs> up, ladies? Uh, nah, so we, we gonna have some guests on and discuss that. Who are our guests? Uh, you you uh, know well, them better than Well, they so should, it, it should be Ashley and Sarah. Um, and we're gonna talk. They, they've been saying they want to get on, so we're gonna Yeah, but who are on. they for the listeners? They don't know. Uh, they're just like friends of mine. They're like, they're the best spokesman for women they're both like hairstylists so which it's like they're both hairstylists spoken like a true massage I no I, <laughs> I feel like the, the best spokesmen for men are like barbershop guys because they they're pretty much now you talk to your barber are you kidding me my barber, yeah. I haven't went to a barber who spoke English in like 10 years, bro. Oh, I dude. sleep okay. at the maybe, maybe, maybe I, I nap in the chair. Cautiously, this may be off of everything I said, but okay. No, I get the barbershop vibe you talk yeah, about. I've no, never that's, uh, again, like, yeah, that's it, man. Like, everyone talks, you talk about everything. So, I'm like, the last, like, so I've, I've floated around barbershops since I've been in New England, but the last time I was, I, when I was home just like a couple, like a month ago, I was home in Cleveland and I went to the barbershop. And it was just like, I sat down, like as soon as I walked in, they were playing Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was like this old, like, you know he was like cool. Yeah. You know he was like cool as shit back in the 70s. His boy came it's in. It's like Uncle oh, Eddie like, is the yeah. four, like nine-year-old dude still cutting hair because his son, his nephew, and everybody else cutting. And, 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 and I just like sat there and I, he was like, he was closing up but his buddy came in to get a cut. And I was like, yo, he's like, man, I'm about to close. I was like, man. Like, I just get, like, a lineup or something after your boy. He's like, now nah, I got you, man. Have a seat, man. And then they, they earth, wind, and fire. And I'm sitting. We're talking about the Cavs. We saw, they talking about their night out. And I was just like, culturally, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world rather than, like, a, a barbershop in Cleveland, earth, wind, and fire talking. Like, this is like, you know, it just feels so, it's so fucking real, man. And I was just, and then we're just talking the shit about like life and like basketball and everything. I'm just like, 
yeah, like this guy, and you can tell from like his conversation, like this guy has spoken to everyone who came in here, well, no matter like where they came from, economically, like socially, like this guy has wisdom beyond. And I feel like the same with that, like for like hairstylists, like they so, interact so with so many. Jot this down because this is something I want to get into them with. Is like the like barbershop hairstylists, like as as a cultural center. In bar in bartenders too. In bar, no, yeah, and that, well, that was gonna be my comparisons. Yeah. I think uh, restaurant industry in general. So bartenders, service, all them. Like, I'm I'm an industry guy always all my life. Uh, yeah. And the only other thing I can think of that's comparable is smokers. Yeah. Cigarettes or weed, but like there's something about like there's a culture. Yeah, thing. like you go have yeah. a cigarette with somebody, like you learn mad shit about oh, somebody yeah. in like yeah. eight minutes. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And the amount of times I've lit in a second cigarette that I didn't want just to like continue yeah. a story with somebody is crazy. Uh, I think it's very like you'll you'll wait four people for a haircut in a barbershop you enjoy hanging out in, mm-hmm. but you go to a different barbershop and if there's even one person in their chair, you'd be like, yeah, I'll come back later. And this is like something I feel like we should like kind of like craft our pod into is the fact that like I feel like there's a lot of people out there with whether it's stories or whether it's pain whether it's something that people would just want to let that shit out and they don't have an outlet to do it they don't have a voice to do it but if you talk well, if you keep them, underselling the fuck out of our guests oh there's two girls I know who are your hairstylist no, whatever like give me a bio my nigga like uh, no, I, I'm down with having guests guys no, a little no, hype here no but I mean I, I feel like I don't know why I, I, I felt like I was I didn't mean Ashley Sarah selling. you sound awesome we can't no they, they are they're just smart fucking girls who do their thing and they're like young and professional and kicking ass and fucking and dating and like you know so they're fucking the perfect people to give a perspective about something we know nothing about we can only make assumptions that's why we don't know anything about being women Get the that. fuck out of here. Exactly. I didn't know. I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> I don't I barely have been black Yo, figured out. So yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's the energy we podcast. We'll be back with mad relationship, misogyny, barbershop, hairstylist, and many other categories of talk. Uh next week with a couple of our wonderful guests, Ashley yeah. and Sarah. Yep. Hairdressers from Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah. Rhode Island. All right, North New England. Let's go. Yeah. Crap. All right, this has been episode five. Uh, it's your boy, Money Mitch, a.k.a. King Lear, a.k.a. The Mixed Messiah. Find me at MLGainer22 on pretty much everything but Instagram. I, something like that. Y'all yeah, find me. Just all my social media is uh, only Chris Allen. Only Chris Allen for him so. at underscore late to work podcast. If you're going to find us on anything else, uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, please keep listening, comment, share, subscribe. Email some shit if you want us to talk about it, if you want us to play, if you're a musician. All submissions taken, probably none responded to. You get really good at this. Yeah, man. (laughs) I do this shit. Yeah, I feel it. All right, man. uh, Have a good week, man. Go fuck yourself.